is Susan. And this is Katie. And welcome to another episode of She Speaks Stories. Katie, you and I have not been on just the two of us in a very long time. In a long time, Susan. I know. I know. That's Hi so there. crazy. Hi there, <laughs> Nice to meet you. Nice to see you again. <laughs> My long lost friend. I'm so happy to be with you. <laughs> I'm so excited about today. Um, I follow our guest on Instagram, which would kind of be a little bit like stalking. But I'm telling you, she from afar spurs me on. And when I reached out and asked her if she would on our podcast, she was like, sure. And her story is so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And Katie, it's about things that you and I both love, um, community and creating community. And it's so good. It's so good. So I want to jump right in because I want all of her wisdom. And I know you and I chat quite a bit usually beforehand, but I feel like today I just want to dive right into her story because I am with you. It's so unique and so beautiful. Yeah. Okay. So let me read her bio and then we're going to dive right in. All right. Her name is Kristen Shell, and she put a picnic table in her front yard, painted it turquoise, which I love, and invited neighbors, friends, and strangers to hang out. Before long, the turquoise table became a movement of ordinary people creating community right where they live. Get ready, friends, to listen to our new friend, Kristen Shell, and the story behind her book, The Turquoise Table. Kristen, Welcome! Yay! I am so glad to be here at your table. This is so oh, I love that. <laughs> they were fun, so that. thank you. I That's love so it. Good. And Kristen is in Austin, Texas, yes. where the hurricane did not demolish them. So she's That's very, good. grateful. Well, we're all praying for the states that have been hit hit yes. hard. But Kristen, um, like Susan said in her intro, hospitality and community is so close to our own hearts. Yeah. And um we just want to hear what what prompted you eight years ago to paint your picnic table turquoise and then just begin inviting people to hang out with you in your front yard. I I just love that. It seems so simple and intriguing, but can you explain that to us? Yes. And, And I didn't just, you know, decide one day, hey, I'll put a turquoise picnic table in my front yard because, you know, that would be a little weird. And we've established I live in Austin and the motto of our city is keep Austin weird. Um, but even even a turquoise table is a little was surprising even to me. Um, so let me back up just and explain why this table happened to land in my front yard. Um, like y'all, I have a passion for bringing people together and for hospitality um, and, and community, but I didn't have, and I still don't have all the answers. Um, but as I was going through and learning more and diving deeper into like what God might be calling me to do, um, I, I remember just saying, okay, Lord, you know, I will surrender all of this. You're going to have to teach me because I'm doing the exact opposite of what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm making things hard. I'm complicating things. And so, you know, I don't know if that's ever happened to y'all, but if, you know, you, you think I'm going to invite people over and whether it's for, you know, just a brunch or a backyard barbecue or a Bible study, all of a sudden I would just get caught up in all of the things that I would lose the importance of what I was even supposed to be doing. And so I was like, I knew I needed to learn more about the simplicity of hospitality. And so I asked God to show me. 
And y'all, he answered with the turquoise mm-hmm. table. Um, mm-hmm. It was it was really um, it was during this time of kind of prayer and seeking and questioning and great curiosity that I was having a backyard barbecue with a friend of mine. And we um, didn't have enough backyard. We don't have any backyard furniture. I think we have like a ratty old table from Target. But but um, I asked my husband, can I buy another table just so we could seat these people? And he was like, no, you know, you're smart. You're, the hospitality is your thing. Figure it out. And so I thought, well, you know, a picnic table isn't really backyard furniture and it's not that expensive. And so I went ahead and I bought a regular picnic table. Like I got it from Lowe's is $99. And I remember thinking, well, that's not free, but it's also not a huge investment. Yeah. Um, he won't, he won't leave me over that. Um, and so um, when it arrived, it's heavy. Like it's a, it's that, it's just like every picnic table you've seen, but they put it in my front yard. And then the delivery guys came and rang the doorbell and they asked me where I wanted it. And so when I went outside to see that table, it like, it took my breath away, y'all. It was right underneath this, the a tree. And it's literally like almost where it is today, about three feet from the curb. And all of a sudden, I know it sounds cheesy and a maybe little hokey, but it was just this aha moment where I thought, what if, what if we, like started doing our ordinary things, like things we're already doing, like pizza night on paper plates and all the school projects, you know, the ones with glitter that make me mad when they're all over my floor, you know? And what if we could take these ordinary activities and what if we did them in a more visible place in our front yard, in our neighborhood? Like what kind of creativity would that and it was, it really was, it was not my own doing. This was truly answered prayer. And so I remember asking the family, you know, we had the barbecue, we had the table in the backyard for the party. But that very next week, I was like, y'all, what if we just put this in our front yard? And what if we just invited people, not like a party, but just sort of by our presence, invited people to also be curious about hospitality and community. And so I didn't have the answer still, which I think is the biggest blessing of all, but I had, I was inviting other people without my knowing it into the same curiosity that I was having. And that's a super sweet spot to be in, you know, Um, and it's genuinely welcoming. And that's what happened. Um, I thought about painting it a couple of colors and even um, emailed a few of the neighbors and friends and said, hey, what should we put this on? You know, should we, you know, paint it? Should we leave it plain? And at the end of the day, I decided turquoise is my favorite color. And so turquoise is, I just, I had to do it turquoise. Um, And so mom and I picked out the paint chips from Sherwin-Williams and we painted it turquoise and put it out front. And that simple, simple little answer to curiosity and somewhat active obedience, you know, to, to saying, I'll be open to this God. Um, It, it, it kind of turned into a thing, which is why we're talking. <laughs> so now, did people really, I mean, did, it, did people start gathering? Did you notice that people started gathering? Not immediately. So it rained the whole first week that I put oh it out, goodness. which I think, oh, but no, I think that was just God giving me time to like, you mm-hmm. know, cause I'm, I'm a pretty spontaneous person. And so I didn't really think all this through, um, yeah. you know, and it's one of those typical stories. If I'd kind of known where it would end, I might not have done it cause I'd have been scared. Right. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm grateful for the rain. Cause then it allowed time to catch up with my enthusiasm 
And so that first week that it was clear, I was like, wow, I need to go outside and do something now, right? I've put this table out there, kind of a, it was a sort of an OMG moment. What am I doing? And so um, I went outside. I remember the first day, it was a Thursday morning. And I took tons of things with me. I mean, I had my journal, my Bible, my laptop. I had all kinds of things because I didn't know what I was doing, right? I was like, it's kind of weird, again, to just go sit at a table in your front yard. And, you know, God had a plan. And that plan in about five minutes happened. And a neighbor who I had never met before walked, she was walking. And she walked by. Y'all, I had never seen her at the grocery store, at the post office, even in the neighborhood. And she lives three houses from me. And, you know, I'm, I'm second from a corner. And so you turn that corner and then she's on that street. So, and she just saw me sitting there and she struck the conversation up first, not even me. Right. So like, this is how God works. So she just said, I saw the table that you just put out. Tell me about it. And is that not just the most beautiful opening? Oh my goodness. This makes me want to do this like tomorrow. I have, oh, this is so beautiful. I am like you, I complicate it. I make, I make trying to reach out to people in communities so complicated, so laborious, so this. Well, and also that my house has to be perfect. Oh, and And so I I get stressed out if somebody will say, hey, I'm going to pop by for immediately. I'm like, get the house. Like, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, I'll shove everything out of the way. You know? Yes. Right. Yeah. Or I, I'll feel like, well, I have to have 10 offerings of food and five different drinks. And, yes. And it gets so complicated and then I don't do it. Or the little bit of fear, if I'm trying to do something more, you know, but look at how God, well, that's the thing. He knew all of those things. And he knew all those, those, you know, those good things, but also the sin patterns in my life that I was probably, there were going to be too much of a hurdle if I'm honest. And so everything was taken away from that with this table, (laughs) you know, there's no, I mean, you can bring food, but you don't have to, you know, you can, and and it's the simplicity is truly the, the, the beauty of it. And that's yeah. hard for women, you know, if we're honest, because we're doers, we want to, and we want, we're pleasers. We want to delight people. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like there's nothing wrong with hosting and, you know, making yummy meals or delicious things. Um, but if that gets in the way of that connection, that's where we have to check our hearts, right? Amen. Amen. Because if you think of Jesus and we're supposed to be following in Jesus' footsteps, did he worry about <laughs> putting out elaborate meals? No. And, you know, or did he just engage in community as he went along the way in such a beautiful, simplistic, uh, but loving? Absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. Well, and Katie, that's one of the things that I, I've learned too, you know, and and just in, in, and I didn't, I'm learning still daily, you know, um, but that, you know, this, the the table has taught me um, how to not only be a hostess, um, but to be the guest. And, you know, Jesus did that too. He was both guest and host. And I think there's something so humbling about that. And it's, for me, it's much harder to be the guest, you know, and in a sense, this whole relationship with my, my personal turquoise table, but the turquoise table in general, that very first initiation that came from my neighbor, you know, 
put me as the the receiver of the question. And so it wasn't something that I was doing. It was a way I was being. And that's a huge distinction in the doing and the being. And so, you know, just being out front and putting ourselves in in a simple place that says I'm available, it just communicates so much more than we can even imagine to our neighbors. You know what I love about that? It's so genuine. You're not out there with an agenda. All right, I've got to save my neighbors. Right. (laughs) You know? So I've got this plan and I am going to do this. And I feel, you know, and people feel that. They They do. Agenda and not a person that you're genuinely just want to have a relationship with. Well, and that's, it's interesting. I, you know, we can go in deeper in this too, but that's truly part of the healing story and the redemptive story that, that God gave me too. Um, and when I, and it goes back into the backstory, if y'all want me to go into that a Please little bit. Do. Please do. I would love you to. So when I was in um, the seventh grade, I um, ended up getting beat up in school. I, it was a crazy story. Who knows? It doesn't even matter all the details, but my parents pulled me out of the school and I ended up going to a neighborhood parochial school. And they let me in true to their words. You know, they loved me. They took care of me. They nurtured me. But there was one thing that, that I know now, um, it, the story ends up all right. Uh, and it's a beautiful story, but it was a Catholic school and I was not Catholic. I was just a plain old Methodist. And, um, and they had told me, um, you know, that, that I couldn't receive the elements and that's fine. I understand the reason why, but when you're in seventh grade and you're only one of two children that aren't allowed to go to daily mass and receive the elements, that was a table I felt excluded from. So Mm -hmm. I believed, um, that I wasn't welcome and that I wasn't, you know, part of this and, you know, that's changed a lot. And I know that my theology is better now too. So I certainly understand. And so this is a table where for me, all are welcome. And I don't want to lead with a whole bunch of laws and a whole bunch of rules. You can, we can get to that. Right. But you know, I want to be friends first. And then if someone sees something in me, um, then they can ask. And so it's a, it's, but it has been a healing place because of all the things God could have given me. He gave me a communion table for community, um, to welcome all. Oh my goodness. I love that so much. It is so Beautiful. So after after your first encounter with the gal who kind of kicked it off in a very beautiful way, um, then what started happening? Just more and more people came or what? Well, then, okay, so that was like that Thursday. So then I I was excited. You know, it was that dose of encouragement I needed. I was like, okay, I can do this. So I thought I need to tell some friends that who I do know in the neighborhood and explain like why this turquoise table is now sitting in the front yard. And so I, I, you know, I texted a few of the people I, I knew. So we've already had a stranger, you know, but now I thought I'm going to start with three or four friends that I do know. And so I, I sent a text and said, Hey, can y'all stop by that next Tuesday? Okay. So four, five days later, um, and just pop by. And the miracle of all miracles is that they all came by. Now, with working mothers, you know, moms dropping littles off at different times of the day, but it was the spontaneity. And I was like, come as you are, bring your own coffee. Just stop by and I'll tell you what's going on. 
And so, uh, you know, that was also just kind of just a gift because think about how, how long it takes people to plan anything these days. Yeah. We get out our calendars <laughs> and we, right, you know. Right. So this day? No. The, how about this day? No. Right. Yeah. Okay. How about 2022, which I guess in current stance <laughs> is maybe where we land. But anyway, <laughs> pandemic aside, um, everyone showed up. Everyone showed up. And so, and it was one of those things where that was the first miracle. And the second miracle, really, it was, is that... I expected these women to sort of, because I knew them. So I expected them to think this table was kind of cool for my yard and maybe a great place for everybody to order pizza or, you know, kind of send the kids to hang out if we wanted to. And um, so I I expected that there was going to be some enthusiasm. What I never, ever expected was for them to get out their phones and order their own tables that very day for their own front yards. Right? Oh my goodness. And there was this immediate question was, do you care if we get a table too? And I went, I, I, I mean, like that hadn't even crossed my mind, y'all. I, like, I was like, what do you mean? Of course you can get a table. It's from Lowe's. They're on sale. They're $79 quick before they go back up to 99. And so they immediately, what we've already kind of gone through, it was so clear that it was going to take away and provide a more simple place outside, you know, don't have to make a meal, you know, don't have to clean the laundry off the the couch, Um, you know, engaging place for neighbors to stop by. And so within like a month, there were already like four tables in my neighborhood. Oh my. I know. And then my sister-in-law in San Antonio asked if she could get one for her birthday. And I was like, well, yes. Am I giving it to you or is my brother, you know? And so, so my brother gave her one for her birthday and y'all another one popped up, another one popped up. And that, I mean, we don't, we don't know how many are there are, we know of, um, of a couple thousand of them, but we don't know like where they all are throughout the United States. That is so beautiful. My goodness. Isn't it? I mean, my awe is still genuinely just like y'all's. I mean, I've told the story and I'll tell it till the day I can't, you know, I have no more breath in my mouth, but I, it it still takes my breath away too. Because Because it was simple and it wasn't you forcing a program and then asking Jesus to bless it. Right. Genuinely were answering the call to love people. <laughs> yeah. I am not that creative to come up with the turquoise. Pigment. I mean, like that just doesn't like, that's one of those things like, and, and the novelty of it is, I mean, people sense that immediately. That was the thing with the book. They were like, you couldn't have made this up. It's just your duty now to tell the story. And I'm like, you're right. I, yeah. I I'm not making it up. I, I mean, can't tell you how much I love that because I have not one ounce of creativity and truly you know, the turquoise table, it sounds very artsy and creative. And I'm like, Oh, she's probably, you know, I mean, I love and appreciate artistic creativity. Yes, people. no. Um, I, it's just foreign to me because I'm like, what? You know, yeah. and you're not that. You, you're no. just a Christ follower that... You know, that is, that is so true. I'm a Christ follower who I will say did a lot of time, you know, studying, praying, asking, you know, mold me, shape me, use me, Lord. And, you know, and, and then I what I the times before I had gotten in the way and tried to say, this is how I kind of want you to mold me and shape me and use me, Lord, you know, but, but those didn't work. And so when I wasn't looking, when I wasn't trying, when I wasn't leaping ahead of the Lord, when I was letting him do what only he can do and got out of my big old way (laughs) was when he showed up with super unexpected, you know, table. That is, that is a riot. 
Truthfully, that's why I'm on this podcast. Same kind of thing. Same thing. When I, when I finally quit trying to lead and have this ministry and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just, you know, boom. He gives and, that, me, and it's beautiful. And I love it. And it's, of course. And it's like where you hit that sweet spot, you know, where the, the, exactly. in the middle of the cross. And it's like where you're, you know, where, where all of our gifts and our um, personality align um, within what he's already decided he wants yeah. to use us with. We just have to say, oh, really? You want to do this with me, God? With me? With me? And like, I said that. I kept saying, well, probably not me, a podcast. You know, yeah. Susan, obviously, we've told this story before, but I'm like, I don't even know what a podcast is. Right? And but, you're looking over your shoulder like me? Really? It, it, exactly. Me? And and what I want to communicate to our listeners, we're watching your face as you tell the story. We <laughs> see the joy, the laughter, the, the beauty, the excitement of you doing something that That's God right. called you to do. What I want to say to our listeners, when you hit that sweet spot, yeah. there is such joy. It is not this laborious, I got to go out and serve the Lord, you know, yeah. and and I've got to be this martyr and I'm always at work and everything's so hard. I think when we react to a simple calling where God's like, how about this? <laughs> now, I'm not saying it's not work and it's not hard. This podcast is a lot of work, isn't it? But there's so much joy. And I, I, I want to hear about your book. I want to hear all about that. But because you started uh, talking about the heart of uh, what this turquoise table is about, can you just, can we jump to that question? What, what stirred you um, in your heart towards hospitality and community was it was it your experience in the Catholic school? No, you know what? I think it was even prior. Um, well, it, it, I, I mean, God, you know, it was been in my heart, you know, dormant, a seed, you know, from from birth. But there were yeah. several places that I can pinpoint. You know, um, one was that curiosity, yes, of, of what is this ritual? What does it truly mean to have communion and be in communion with Christ? Um, the story wasn't pretty though, after that I gave up on God because I didn't think I was worthy. And so there was about 12 years where I just, I did, I was just like, I'm not worthy of God. Um, he must not love me. And so, um, I call those, those years, which were actually the really important years, high school and college years, my wanderlust years. And I traveled, mm. I, um, I uh, did a junior year abroad, and it was really in in the foreign countries that I lived. I lived in France on a couple of occasions, and even in Siberia, like in the middle of you know, Siberia. Siberia. I know that one's a whole nother podcast, ladies. <laughs> um, but but I, I had this, you know, and I I look back now, and it was uh, it was me searching, it was me seeking, and mm-hmm. and I did it in a way of you know language and international, um, you know, th- so that I could support it and convince my parents and, and professors and faculty, you know, that I was doing something worthwhile, but I was looking for myself. I was looking for my way back to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, but in those times I learned about hospitality. I mean, I, you know, God taught me to be the foreigner and the stranger um, that I would someday be called to love. And so oh, I didn't speak the language when I first went as a 15 year old student in France, I was actually flunking Fran- French. And so I went <laughs> over to try to get the F off my transcript and, and did a summer abroad program. And that sounds glorious and wonderful. And yes, it was, but it was also very hard. You know, if you're flunking a language, 
village and then you find, you know, yourself in this teeny tiny remote town um, mm-hmm. and everything is foreign. Um, there was just some, some humbling and some deep, you know, seed planting that was going on. And it was in a teeny tiny kitchen. And when I say teeny tiny, y'all, this woman's kitchen um, in a tiny town called Ornon, France, which is um, near Besançon, which is kind of near Dijon. I have to name about five towns before somebody <laughs> goes, oh, that's the mustard, right? Um, <laughs> but it was this teeny tiny town in the kitchen. Literally two of us could barely fit in it. And yet she would produce these incredible meals. And I, and I felt this love. I didn't understand the language. I didn't know what we were eating. If she had told me that those were sliced radishes, I wouldn't have eaten them, you know? And so there was just this organic, literally way of being nurtured and taught love at a table. Um, and so that was the first seed. And then, you know, again, I, I did a junior year abroad and then I, like I said, I was able to go to Siberia and, and that, you know, eating fish head soup in the middle of a, of a Siberian winter, yeah, your faces are, again, I can, we, can, we have the, the, the benefit of seeing one another. <laughs> right. but, but there was this, if you can sit next to someone and not know the language and not understand a thing about their, you know, just surface level culture or why they would be attracted to eating, you know, fish head soup, literally, it's a thing. And yet you can spend two hours laughing and communicating with gestures and I move, you know, I'm, you know, contact and facial things. And I had no idea at the time, you know, that God was teaching me another language and it was the Holy Spirit. I mean, you know, that's all I can attribute Mm. to now. And so those things were tucked away. Um, I mean, it wasn't through magazines and Martha Stewart. Right. (laughs) And so, so when I came back to the United States, there, you know, there's a lot of learning curve, you know, to how I knew I couldn't replicate those experiences, but yet the heart of them is what I wanted there. Of course. Mm. But that's a daily battle still. I mean, think about regular dinner time. I've got four children and, you know, I still, I catch myself. I'm like, here's dinner. If you don't like it, there'll be another one tomorrow. (laughs) So it's not, I mean, I mean, I haven't learned it get, you know, I want to be loud and clear about that, you know, so it it sounds, you you know, but the the longing is there. And I think that longing for all of this um, to know that we belong and then in return, we're offering that invitation of belonging is really. I love that. I love that. So tell me, um, so we're in the middle of a pandemic. How do you keep this whole thought of community and the turquoise table? How do you keep it alive during COVID? It's hard. And at first, I will tell you, you know, it's really interesting. I can't remember who said it yesterday on Instagram. It may have been my friend, Jessica Honecker, but somebody had put um, on there as they were kind of just coping and, and learning what, you know, how to deal in this you know, crazy time that there's a difference between stopping and quitting. And so for me, that was so refreshing because a lot of what we have done at the table has stopped, but it's not quitting, you know? And so while we have to change a little bit about the way we gather and our intentionality of that. Um, actually, no, the intentionality of it is still the same. And we have a saying at, amongst ourselves as front yard people and in our turquoise table community that, that, you know, we gather small, but we love deep. And so we've always been mm. about small gatherings. And so, you know, by design at, at t- picnic tables, four fit perfect, five or six are great and eight 
you got to squish or somebody has to be sitting on the table, right? And so (laughs) pretty much wherever anyone lives, you know, at this point where, you know, you know, 10 or less is acceptable. And so what we've done now is we're still gathering, but we've got those portable lawn chairs, you know, and, and so we've distanced ourselves a little. And sometimes right. now we use the table as a place to put our own, you know, kind of potluck things. So we're not sharing, you know, all the different supper type deals just to be safe. Um, yeah. I always put out a, a little basket of, um, of the, uh, the disposable masks now, just in case someone forgets theirs. But here's, here's what I will say is that I was discouraged at first. I really was. I was like, of you course. know, how like, are we going to do this? And I still, I mean, we're all kind of, you know, I feel, you know, we're weary. Um, but something happened about two weeks ago in our neighborhood that I mean, and once again, I didn't do it. You know, it's kind of one of those things. If I let my pride <laughs> get involved, I'm like, I'm the turquoise table lady. I should have done this. But one of our neighbors started, she sent out an email. We have a great email list. And so after all of this, you know, but she sent out a thing. She said, hey, we're going to support our local businesses and food trucks, y'all, are a big deal in Austin, Texas. And so we've started having food trucks come and we, you pre-order. And so the food trucks know about how many, you know, things to order and they park in our neighborhood on a different street and all the neighbors come and we line up, you know, safely and then pop up picnic tables or, you know, just sitting on the ground. And so we're, you know, it's, it's, it's delightful. You know, we've had tacos and pizza and it's just a, it's a simple way, um, to support the local community, which desperately needs it, but also then keep gathering, you know, right with, with a little jazz to it. Exactly. Do we have food trucks in Fredericksburg? We do actually. And it's become a thing lately. And that is making me want to, to do think about, yeah. Oh, Uh, well, they would love your call. First of all, can you imagine if you called up a, a small business right now and yeah. said, Hey, what if we could get 20 or 30 people outside to, you know, buy your tacos or yes. whatever it is. I mean, it's just, it's love I, all the way around. I love that. I do too. Oh, I love that. And I tell you um, something you said that is sparking something in me. Uh, four fit around the table. Well, six, pretty pretty well. Eight, you're squished. Ten, yeah. ooh. So to love, um, how did you say that? Not love Wait, little. No, gather small. So gather, gather small, small, but loving deeply. But loving, I cannot tell you how much I love that. I had read a Mother Teresa quote uh, one time that's been kind of rambling in my mind. Um, we cannot do great things for God. We can only do small things with great love. That is so freeing to me because sometimes in American church culture, you can get caught up in numbers and you can get caught up in the idea that success equals numbers. Success equals large crowds, you know? And I think back in the day when I was on a a staff, I kind of bought into that. I'm not saying anyone made me I just yeah no the bigger the better bigger the better that's it the bigger the better I mean yeah and so now you know I'm out of that and we have our podcast and COVID and I've been through a cancer season where everything's shut down but we're starting this new thing called story school and we're making small groups through zoom where we're trying to help people understand their spiritual story and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, my, my point is this. 
again, I have in that, that mindset of, okay, prepare for big. So I get 20 women to be on the team. I'm like, okay, God, we're set. We, we can handle 75 women. Yeah. Well, we're a week away from starting and we have, we have the 20 uh, leaders and I think we have 35 guests. And I'm like, Lord, you know that I faithfully wanted to prepare for however much you would pour out. But there's a part of me that's saying, do you realize how beautiful this will be? Because I've got three leaders in each small group and six guests. It's perfect. Each, each leader can just take two guests and love on them. Send right. them little cards in the mail mm-hmm. or little treats or pray, pray for them daily. Blah, blah, blah. They can love those two so well because it's only two. Right. Yeah. Right. It's not 15. It's small and, and they can love them deeply. But that's a hurdle if we're honest. It's, yes. But that's a hurdle because we think, mm-hmm. and y'all, the Lord still checks me on this daily, you know? I mean, and I have to be careful because I'm like, yes. well, her ministry is really big or wow, why yes. is this mm-hmm. one not? And I'm like, oh my goodness, we have thousands of turquoise tables where six people are gathering. That is loaves and fishes, Amen. right? Amen. I mean, Amen. you know, and, but it, but it's, but it is hard because that it, we are innately wired to believe bigger is better. You know, you got yeah. a bigger house, some, you must be better. Yeah. Well, who wants a big house anymore? Who's that's right. <laughs> After being in quarantine, <laughs> I just we just sold ours and downsized big See, time. And I mean, like, so, but I love nothing this wrong with a big house. No, again, of course not. Again, God is but just, you. we're not saying that. But um, but, but oh small. my! But so he has. And let me tell you. Okay, are y'all up for a story that really? Yes. Okay. So here's how all this happened. So a little bit more backstory on me. Um, if you can't tell from the intonation of my voice, I know that y'all can see me, but I am an extrovert's extrovert, right? So I am <laughs> lively. I am animated. If you know anything about Zodiac things or whatever, I'm a Leo, which supposedly is big and bold and, you know, roaring. I'm, you follow the Enneagram, I'm a seven. So, you know, just lots of energy. And, you know, as my mother says, you know, made for a stage, okay? <laughs> Well, you can imagine that I have an ego that kind of goes along with that then because, well, if I'm supposed to be on a stage, then let's, let's have a crowd. So, and of course, let's, let's knock them dead. Let's yes, let's great. knock them dead. I was, you know, in drama and in theater and, you know, did high school productions and all these things. So, um, in his infinite wisdom, of course, the Lord is like, okay, but we're going to have to rein this horse, you know? And so again, small Tame ministry, exactly. Small ministry. Let's teach her how to love small and it's not all about big. And so I was at a conference, um, back when we could go to those, remember? Um, but this was probably, oh goodness, the table's been, it's, it's coming on, it's seven years. So this must've been about nine years ago. I was at um, a discipleship conference and uh, there it was, it was very well produced. And there were, it was one of those where the speakers came out and they spoke for like 10, 12 minutes. And then there was music. And then in between they would play these, these films, these short documentaries on discipleship and evangelism. And they were beautiful. And so it, there was this one um, speaker who she's now turned out to be like a mentor and, and a friend. And I don't know if y'all know Joe Saxton, but she's an incredible. Yes. Okay. Well, so she was speaking 
And so I don't remember what she was speaking on. I, I, I've told the story a million times and she goes, I don't know what I was speaking on. But she, <laughs> she, she borrowed a quote and the quote in there um, at the time, and, and again, the, the, the context is discipleship, is that you can't be what you can't see. And, I'm, you know, Joe has this beautiful, you know, Nigerian English accent. And it's, you can't be what you can't see. And I remember it struck me to the core and the the lights went off. She was done. I don't know what she said after, but then there was a lot of this, you know, praise and worship music. And I had this righteous anger and I was like, then show me God. I have been begging to show me what I can be. Show me. I can't see it. And it was just, I was duking it out with the Lord. Like I thought, I'm glad the lights were off and there were strobe lights and disco balls or whatever, because I was, I was, I was really hurt and angry because I felt like I'd hit this wall of not knowing what the Lord was calling me to do. And so y'all know in Bible study, when you get to the point when you're reading and it says immediately and you circle it because it's a transition and the Lord's going to do something big. Yeah. Well, this was immediate. So the lights went, you know, back down after the, or the, the, the music and this, this five minute documentary came on and it's a a film that was produced by who, again, ministry folks who are now friends. Um, It's, it's called Deodox and they're a, a Christian film produced documentary production company. And they, it was the story of this woman named Ludmila. And you can watch this on YouTube, but we'll, I'll send you the link or whatnot. But, but Ludmila at the time was this 84-year-old widow in Prague. And she had, was recently widowed. And so during her grieving process, the Lord had said to you, you are to be my ambassador to the kingdom of heaven. And he led her to the verse in scripture where it says we were all to be ambassadors to the kingdom of heaven. Well, Ludmila took this seriously. And in this teeny little brownstone in Prague, the most atheist part of the East, the former Eastern European bloc, she puts a bronze plaque outside of her brownstone that says Embassy of the Kingdom of Heaven. And she began inviting people, either through word of mouth or, or you know, through the power of the Holy Spirit, to come to her home. And y'all, do you know what she did? She didn't cook. She didn't bake. She didn't consult Pinterest. She sat at this teeny tiny table with an open Bible and she listened, listened. And this, it's a powerful documentary. And and so, I mean, I hope everyone gets to see it. Please send us that link. I will. But if you, I I will. And and so Ludmila taught me that day. Now, remember, I'm just have this righteous duking out with God. Show me what, you know, I'm supposed to be. And here's this woman. You know, who, who, like I said, it was, she, she when you see in the, in the video, there, she's it's not a woman of means. I mean, her, it, this is the teeniest, mm-hmm. tiniest, like she, again, she wasn't baking. She wasn't consulting Pinterest. She simply was making herself available. And for the first time I'd heard a phrase in ministry that I'd never heard before. And it was the ministry of presence. And oh, that I gives was me like, goosebumps. I was like, what? So I walked out of that conference, you know, going, well, A, what's the ministry of presence? And B, I have to go immediately to Prague because I got to, Ludmila's got to be my best friend. So, so I wasn't like cured all at once, you know, and my husband, thank goodness, you know, was like, um, I don't think we're going to Prague tomorrow, honey. Why don't you, why don't you see what else the Lord has for you? <laughs> Susan and I are laughing because 
both of us would do the very same thing. Oh yes. my gosh. I was like, I mean, here's something that stirs us. We're like, all right, we're cut. We, we have that's it. Right. We're surely in. the we're Lord, in. surely the Lord we're meant in. for me to go to Prague. Right. Well, it's been it. nine years and I still haven't gone to Prague to meet with <laughs> Mila. <laughs> but, but I did, I did start diving deep into that and just saying, what does the ministry of presence even mean? I mean, I thought I was present. Au contraire, my friend. I show, I, I show yeah. up. <laughs> That's it. And so that began really this, and to what I continue today, when I get, you know, too far out of the word or too far, you know, like in my own little world, you know, my checks and balances are really, okay, let's go back, you know, and, and what does it mean to practice the ministry of presence? Mm. And, you know, it sounds so simple and it is, it is the most challenging thing I've ever done because it's so much, it, for me, I'm, it's easier to do than it is to be. And so when I think, okay, if I were to, when I sit and I just, and I try to clear my mind and, and I'm just listening to the Lord or having a dialogue with the Lord, that's not led by me again, but really is receptive. That's hard. You know, yeah, and there's some days I can do it well. And there's some days when, I mean, I can hear the walls talking to me, you know, and, and, <laughs> and so that, that really is what I still believe that the Lord, you know, on the days that I do want to quit, or I think, oh, this is silly, or, oh my gosh, do people even care anymore? Or I'm just tired. You know, I, I ask, I'm like, the ministry of presence is still yeah. alive and I'm still called to it. And, I love that. And that's, you know, it, it's, it does, it sounds simple, but, um, you know, really the so two good. most important things, you know, one, you said show up, you do have to show up, but you have to show up. I always th- say it's, it's the great paradox to show up to a table empty because we usually, you know, show up and we want to, you know, have lots right, of good things, right, right. But, but showing up the spiritual discipline of showing up to a table empty um, and just yielding to whatever the Lord's going to be oh, is, is one that, you know, I mean, so I, good. I'm kind of, you know, when I get it right, I'm like, oh, that was good, you know, and I can name on one hand and in all my journals where that's happened, um, yes. you know, but it's show up to the table and deep it, but show up, keep showing and you know, up. you know, what strikes me, how freeing, uh, if, if, if we could wrap our minds around this and I put myself first and foremost, because like through the years, if someone would come to me and say, would you mentor me? I always would say no, because I, I didn't know what to do. And I'm like, I'm too busy doing ministry because I got all these jobs. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do this. And just recently with cancer and COVID, I have said yes to some women to mentor them because I can't do anything really. All I can do is be. And I told him that right up front. You know what? I will mentor you. But you need to know that I don't know how to do it. So I'm just going to share. I mean, we have a we have a book sure. we're going through that keeps us on track with scripture. So we're not just meandering all over the place. But it's more just being. It is. It's so freeing. and It's so much more fun. And I'm like, this next uh, story school that we're starting, I can't wait. I'm so excited because it's not like... And our team is excited because they're kind of getting this idea of hospitality. And it's not trying to win the argument doctrinally with women and trying to say, wait, what? You don't believe exactly as me? Well, you need to believe X, Y, Z. You know, it's 
presence, love, listening more than you talk, which is very hard for me. (laughs) Me too. Me too. Which is why God's teaching it to me. Yes. Um, And just, so I'm going to hang on tight to that phrase, ministry of presence. Love that. You, You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to convince someone to get saved or doctrinally line up with you. You just love them. You yeah. show up. And then when the Holy Spirit works, yeah. he does whatever he wants. Yes. You. Yeah. Right? Right? Yes. I love and that. And that's, but that's really, that's the model Jesus used too. I mean, you know, his parables. I mean, that's just storytelling, Amen. you know, and he just, and so when we do the same, and we, you know, we tell our stories, which is what I do at the table and what we, what y'all are doing through your ministry. And we just authentically, and I hate that word because it's so overused, but like genuinely just kind of yeah. show up empty and say, look, this is who I am. This is who, what I got. <laughs> and if you want to stay, that. great. So there, it, it does help to have brownies sometimes because, you know, <laughs> then, then they might stay a little longer because if not, they're like, this is it. On that. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. So All I get to you. And I'm like, yep. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Let me ask you a question. Um, where do we start if we want to be part of the whole front yard people movement? Where can our listeners start? So if you just Google the turquoise table, the hardest part spelling turquoise. And so just <laughs> right. go slow, you know, T-U-R-Q-U-O-I-S-E. Email link for this podcast. I was like, how in the world do you spell turquoise? <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It's hard. And yeah, you know, and it's so funny because early on that was kind of my password. So now everybody can hack. Well, I don't use it anymore because it was too hard, you know, to type in my <laughs> password every single time. So turquoise, if you Google turquoise table, that will lead you there. But the okay. turquoise table.com, um, we have an incredible community y'all. And, and again, it's just, it's, it's all community led. I just sort of, you know, keep the lights on for the technology so people can gather, but uh, there's a website, um, you know, that has all kinds of recipes and tips and all the old kind ah. of the stories of kind of where, you know, as I was going through this, but where we are now is, um, I had this deep and abiding actually a visceral reaction to Facebook about two years ago. I was like, I just got to get off it. You know, it was driving me nuts. And, um, and you know, anyway, that's my personal opinion, but I was like, I, but my ministry is on social ministry is, is on social yeah, media right, a lot. And so right. how do we do that? You know? And so I did some research and we found this platform. It's called Mighty Networks and it's out of Palo Alto and it's a woman run, you know, but it's, it's, I'm intrigued with them from a business standpoint. Um, but for what it does, it's, it's literally a free online community portal. And so it looks like the turquoise table and all of our people are there, but there's no ads and you know, nobody else owns anything. And so it feels protected a little bit. And Mm -hmm. so we have ton, I mean, that's, that's where it's growing and where it's at. And it feels a little bit like Facebook, but people can show their own tables and they can share stories of what they're doing and, you know, and ask for encouragement, you know, this weekend, what, you know, what are y'all doing at your tables? And, and so that's kind of more of a real time place. And, um, I love that. and so that's, I mean, all you have to do, I is totally share, love that. it's a neat platform. I've been really pleased. And, um, and again, it's free, um, you know, and, and you have to answer a couple questions. So there's, you know, at least we make sure you're not going to, sell us, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's open to anybody. I mean, I'm the one that pushes, you know, yes. At the end of the day, Yeah, but but that's really kind of where we are. So the turquoise table community or the turquoise table 
com, um, I'm on all the social still. Um, the only one I'm really active on is um, is Instagram. That's kind of where I have fun and play and until uh, my and children they, tell me not, you know, they're like, mom, no, you know, you can't do that, mom. So um, I, you know, I post things until they tell me I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently I don't do it right. And Kristen, the um, name of your book is The Turquoise Table? The Turquoise Table. And that's at Amazon? or It's everywhere. um, It's still, you know, and it's been three years since it came out. And it's still, I mean, that's, it's just, it's it's the little engine that could, you know? I, I just love it. And to have a place to share ideas, like really just you simply sharing that food truck idea. Susan, didn't that kind of stir you? Oh, yeah. Super fun. You know what? We could do that. I got a big right. patio in my little community center. There's a huge patio that's, you know, we could just use so people could socially distance, get a truck, pull it up. We're not doing anything except right. a truck, you know, right. Love it. and, and uh, casually telling people, hey, we're hanging out here if you want to hang out yeah. and, and not having it have to be a big, hard thing for us, like a teaching or a not that there's anything wrong with that. There's a place for teaching. There's a place, Absolutely. place for book clubs. There's Absolutely. a place for doctrine. There, uh, obviously. This is but, just the ministry of presence, though. It is. It is. Yep, it is. It. And it's, it's yeah, to keep it simple and uncomplicated. And I have to do that to myself because I still want to do. I still want to have things or do things. And I'm like, okay, but we're just going to keep things simple. You know, this is the appetizer. You know, it's the welcome. It's the initial, you know, baby step exactly. um, to whatever, exactly. you know, is going to happen next. But you got to start somewhere. Exactly. And starting with hospitality where people realize you're accepted. Yep. Any questions, any comments, any stories, any thoughts are going to be honored. Yeah. yeah. We're not here to, you know, uh, argue or yeah. one-upmanship or anything. Um, and then great things can happen. And they have. Our neighborhood has been transformed. I mean, it really has. And we've been through it all in seven years, you can imagine. I mean, we've seen every, you know, highs and lows and all the in-betweens. And and so that's the other thing. The the long view of this is beautiful. I mean, it's that simple obedience in the same direction. People ache for this, truly. Those of you listeners out there that are like, "Mm, no, it's in our DNA. It is. For community. Mm-hmm. where we're accepted exactly for who we are that's right yeah. with whatever thoughts we have which you know and and I'm not saying we are not challenging one another to grow right um you know it's not like okay you just this is how you are forever we're stimulating one another to grow mm-hmm. in love and good deeds but um well, the kingdom of God moves forward through relationships, period. Mm-hmm. And so you have to have relationships to move forward, you know, <laughs> right. in whatever that direction is. And so, is and we right. need that now more than ever. I mean, now more than ever. Yeah. That's so good. Kristen, if you could leave us with one thought, what would it be? Uh, 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 <laughs> you got me. No. Oh my goodness. I mean, show up and be present. And that yeah. again, it's just practice the ministry of presence and do it imperfectly, but do it in love. Amen. I love that. Thank I love you. that. Kristen, you're you. a gift. Thank you for coming and being oh, with us. 
This is so fun for me. I mean, oh. I just, I, I, again, it's like the old hymn. I'll never get tired of telling the story. You That's know? right. And it's just, That's right. it's a blessing That's for so me good. to be reminded as well. So, Amen. Amen. well, thank, thank you. Thank you. So you. And listeners share this episode. Yes. Uh, this is, this is just a delightful episode. Yeah. Share it. And yeah. Kristen, thank you. You're so welcome. Thank you. You're so I want to. I want to come sit at that turquoise table. Someday. You are welcome <laughs> anytime. Don't come in August. It's 110 <laughs> degrees. But any other any other month is good. Just not, not August. Not, not <laughs> right, right now. Not right now. One of these months. Yes. Isn't it? Our shop in Texas. That's right. Absolutely. Love it. That's good. Um, All right, listeners. You guys have a great, great weekend, and we will see you guys again next Friday. Bye. Bye. We love you.